Level up. Level up. Level up. Level up. Okay. Sounds like you're drowning. Level up. Level up. Okay. Sorry. I thought I was going to burp. Welcome to the highly anticipated second episode of Circling Circe. I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. And we are here for a second helping of Circe goodness today. Welcome, ladies. I'll have some more, please. All right, let's dive in. First, anything new in uh, you ladies' lives? Anything uh, going on? Um, I got a new microphone. Yes. In case you couldn't tell. Welcome Ooh. with your Tonor TC. Tonor. Tonor. Siete, siete, uh, siete. Uh, uh. <laughs> Level one. Level no promo. One. Just, I mean, if they wanted to sponsor us, that's cool, but whatever. We'll see how it sounds. I also have something cool that happened this weekend. I visited my mom. She's like two hours from me. And um, in her quest to get me to clear my shit out of her closets in her garage, <laughs> I was going through, because, you know, like any self-respecting 30-something, I still have boxes of work from high school and college in mm-hmm, my parents' garage. Mm-hmm. So um, I found this book, and we'll put a photo of it on, on our social media um, but it's called Dallaire's Book of Greek Myths, and I'll show the ladies here. Um, I read this book constantly as a child, and I thought it was so hilarious that um, I came upon this like the weekend after we started recording this yeah. podcast. And I, I just got sent, I don't know if you guys have books like big picture books that you read when you were kids that yes. oh, yeah. you just memorized like every page, like their pictures, and like you, know you the remember smell. sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, and I and I the moment I opened it, I, I was like, oh! And I opened it right to the picture of Helios, the story of Helios, and it was meant you know, to be his, what he, <laughs> what he's doing and stuff. And so I was reading. <laughs> what is that Helios up to? <laughs> yeah. Is he with his cows? What's that old Helios doing <laughs> with his cows? Um, with his cows. And it's it's it yeah. It's actually a really cool book. I mean, obviously it's a children's book, but it's pretty thick. It's a big like picture book with really interesting pictures in it. And I remember just like pouring over it as a kid and my mom was really into Greek mythology too and we would always like talk about the stories in it and stuff and it was really cool to to find this book and kind of go through it. So naturally, oh and then here's the one of I'll show you. This is a podcast that you can't see. But there's a story of Prometheus giving fire to some mortals and it's really interestingly illustrated and it's like it looks like colored pencil drawings almost which is a interesting kind of choice i did laugh when you sent me some of the pictures um because kelsey texted us some of the pictures when she saw it i was like (laughs) oh my gosh that's so cool and i had to laugh because it obviously looks you know it's it's illustrated and really cool and it's probably for kids and they have like the whole Minotaur thing, right? Like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and like she's crawling into a cow, and I was like, "This is really inappropriate for children." Yeah, like, does that page? What does it say about it? Yeah, so it's not. I mean, you know, it's not showing children how babies are made. Is well, that's what you're asking? Okay, um, <laughs> but it's showing her like climbing into the cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike is top heavy. Don't get too excited. <laughs> story of my life. Oh, actually, not the story of my life. Yeah. So I'll also put this on our on our social media of the mm-hmm. image of Pasiphae climbing into the cow. We'll find out more pool. about that um, later in the book. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I wanted to, to to talk about, of course, naturally, when I found this book, the first thing I did was look up Circe in the, in the index to see if there was anything about her in the book. And she doesn't have her own story, but she's in the story of Jason and the Golden Fleece. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to read a little bit from the book about how they how they describe Cersei. An excerpt um, by Kelsey Brown. An excerpt from Dallaire's Book of Greek Myths. <laughs> Woe, it said, woe to you all. Not a one among you will reach Greece unless the great sorceress Circe consents to purify Medea and Jason of their sin. Tossed about by howling winds and towering waves, the Argonauts sailed in search of Circe's dwelling. At long last, off the coast of Italy, they found her palace. Medea warned the Argonauts not to leave the ship, for Circe was a dangerous sorceress who amused herself by changing men who came to her island into the animal nearest of each of the men. Some became lions, some rabbits, but most of them were changed into pigs and asses. Medea took Jason by the hand so no harm would befall him and went ashore. Circe was Medea's aunt. Like all the descendants of Helios, the sun, she had a golden glint in her eye, and the moment she saw Medea, she recognized her as her kin. But she was not happy to see her niece, for through her magic she knew what Medea had done. Still, she consented to sacrifice to Zeus and ask him to forgive Medea and Jason for their crime. The scented smoke of her burnt offering of sweet meats and cakes reached Zeus and put him in good humor. He listened to Circe's words again and smiled down upon Medea and Jason. Dang, that's so I guess we'll see. Yeah. I guess we'll see if that makes it into Circe's book. And we've already seen her... Um, defined as a great sorceress who turns people into bad things in this book and I'm interested to see what you know how Cersei in the book just gets defined yeah in her own words but it was interesting to see her just kind of boiled down to just that you know and I think that that's what the book is trying to do is give her a, a deeper perspective or a deeper meaning right and, it's like oh she did it for fun yeah it's like for kicks and like shits and giggles <laughs> mm-hmm. right like oh I'm just gonna turn these men into animals <laughs> yeah and, uh, yeah, it will be interesting to see in this book yeah. what, what really happens. Speaking of Jason, have you guys heard or have you guys noticed that when you put the first letter of all the months in order, the middle is Jason? July, August. No. July, August, what? September, October, November is Jason. I didn't notice that. Because I've had calendars oh. where it's just the first letter of each month. And it's oh. like, you know, all the letters. And then so July through November is Jason. It's weird. What's the rest of the year? Gloria needs to be rebooted. What did you name your other son? And Jason. Shall we get into the summary of the chapter? Let's do it. So this chapter, we get to meet... The man, the myth, the legend, Prometheus. Mm-hmm. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, it talks about the backstory of what happened between Titans and the gods, the tension that's still there. And again, where mortals lie in all this. So because of Prometheus, we really get the, the gist of the fact that the Titans and the gods are not fans of the mortals. Because Prometheus, as we know, was the one who brought fire to the mortals. And that is why he is getting his punishment. I feel like that song Firestarter must have been about him, right? <laughs> He's a Firestarter. 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 <laughs> that, was, that was our impression of the prodigy yes. right there. Mm-hmm. Good, huh? 
So this chapter also really talks about what would happen should a Titan or a God go against, you know, their kind. It's, it's really kind of a cautionary tale, an example that is illustrated for what happens when you basically go against the grain. And I feel like it's kind of setting the stage for, I mean, we feel like we know at this point that Cersei is going to go against the grain. Um, and I think that it's really kind of setting the stage for what might happen to Cersei or what is being presented as, as what could happen should somebody go against the grain. And a really cool quote from the end of this chapter that Cersei says is, all of my life had been murk and depths, but I was not a part of that dark water. I was a creature within it. So kind of opposite of what we she realized at the end of the last chapter, um, how she was was thinking that if a ch- if a opportunity had come to get out of her situation, she may not have left because she had she she felt she was still a part of that environment. Here, she finally realizes that she can escape and she can get away. Another really cool quote in this chapter was uh, was the one about the stone and the seed. When she's gonna, um, she's talking to Prometheus, and at the end of their conversation, he tells her that she should go because Electo, the person who's torturing him doesn't like to leave him for very long and her cruelty springs fast as weeds and and must at any moment be cut again which is also just a beautiful quote there's so many really interesting metaphors and Mm -hmm. ways that madeline miller describes things um but she says it was a strange way to put it for he was the one who would be cut but i liked it as if his words were a secret a thing that looked like a stone but inside was a seed i thought that was such an interesting way to describe a secret right because it it actually is a really apt way to talk about a secret because it's almost like a a secret is really a piece of information that is important to someone that they divulge Mm -hmm. right to someone else and Mm -hmm. maybe that information is not necessarily big or important to someone else so it's almost like if you see this piece of information it's just a stone and you don't know what's within it you don't know the power that the secret holds or the the damage the secret can do. And I think that that was really such an incredible way to describe this interaction, this very last piece of Prometheus, this very last conversation that she has with him. Um, I just love yeah. that quote too. I think, I think it's cool too, because later on she refers to herself as a stone uh, when no one noticed her absence. She says like, I was just like a stone, you know, she thought people would notice me. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm, mm-hmm. pulling back the stone, stone seed metaphor, maybe like, you know, it, does that mean that mm-hmm. she's got some growing to do, perhaps? I'm like, get it, Cersei. Do your growing, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're, we're ready. <laughs> but I also, you know, I, I agree. I think that this chapter did a good job of, of setting some stuff up for us. I, I we, you know, before we started recording, I was talking about how, like, at least these first chapters, they're only, like, 10 pages, if that and there's so much information that happens in the chapter that I can't even believe it's that short. You learn so much. She just does a really good job of delivering this information in this succinct yet beautiful way. I also really loved um, the whole thing about Prometheus smelling of green moss drenched with rain. And I immediately was just like, okay, this needs to be a scented candle, right? And... uh <laughs> I think that we need to like yes. start a line of like Greek mythology scented candles on Etsy. So Kelsey, since you have an Etsy shop, uh, 
that will, you know, you're going to do that, right? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Well, like any basic white woman during the um, <laughs> pandemic quarantine time, I opened an Etsy shop and started making soap. So, you know, there's that. I could definitely do a Cersei line of scented soaps and candles and lotions and other sort of sundries. Let's do this. Um, and what's funny is when you mentioned <laughs> this, I also looked up and right before we see what Prometheus smells like. We also get a great uh, description of her grandfather, Oceanos. He smelled deep as rich river mud. So there's another one. There's another and one. Her father, yeah, her father, Helios, like a searing blaze of just fed fire. So we already have three <laughs> candles for our we, Etsy shop. We are going to do this. We could, we could start something here, guys. Watch out, campfire marshmallow from okay. Bed Bath I know, but our... Unlight we're your candle for, your for a minute. We're coming, we're for, coming your for your We're coming for your wick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I want to talk about the Fury. Um, yes. She did we, she's portrayed as a she, right? Yes. Um, yeah. She sounds like a pretty cool character. I'm curious about her, and I want to know her backstory. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, give me a second here. Let's look at uh, Wikipedia, because uh, I think there's three right the furies is that like a thing let's find uh, out there's three furies yeah this one's electo this one's electo. electo okay she just sounded to me like when i was reading that i saw like maleficent in my head interesting too that um when i was reading that when she first comes upon the scene with prometheus you know and she sees the fury um she says i imagine manacles rattling on my wrist and the whip striking from the air but my mind could imagine no further than that i had never felt a lash i did not know the color of my own blood and then later in the chapter we see her go into her father's like i study it maybe i think is kind of what mm -hmm. i what i envisioned and she takes one of his daggers and slices her hand open yeah, yeah. on purpose you know yes. so she i feel like the scene with prometheus also is a visualization of her own mortality you know, even though she's immortal, I guess her own mortality is the wrong way to put it. But her own maybe humanity. She's not a human. That's also a bad way to put it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but like, out what, what, yeah. Like what word do you put there? I guess like her own. I mean, let's go back to that. That all my life had been murk and depths, but I was not a part of that water. I was a creature within it. Right. So she feels like she's this creature. So she's part of it, but she's not it. Right. So I feel like she's struggling with this whole idea of like immortality. I'm a god, but I don't feel like the gods. I don't feel like I fit in. But this god, you know, he's bleeding, and and I, I'm, God's blood is actually called ichor, and it's gold in color. So mm -hmm. I think she's like, oh. I want to see what color I bleed. I want to see if I'm really a part yeah. of this or step. Like I think she's still struggling to figure out where she fits in to all of this. And even in yeah. chapter one, she talks about, you know, they didn't have a name for what I was. And so I think mm -hmm. at least these couple chapters, she's really like trying to just figure out who she is in all of this. And one way to do that is to literally be like, well, I saw what Prometheus bled. Like, what do I bleed? I don't, what does it even feel like to feel pain? You know? I think you bring up a good point about her trying to figure herself out. And I think maybe the word I was looking for was reality. She's trying yeah. to negotiate or understand her own reality and, and, and the interaction with Prometheus and her cutting her hand 
is is a test to figure out her own reality because she says when she has the dagger I found that I was not afraid of the pain that would come. It was another terror that gripped me, that the blade would not cut at all, that it would pass through me like falling into smoke, like realizing that she's not real, that she's not there. Yeah. And I think that you find in a lot of people with depression that can happen where you you don't feel real and, and you find folks who self-harm or folks who, who are self-destructive and look for ways to feel their own reality when you're yeah. so far into like depression or dissociation you feel unreal and this is a really interesting scene of her trying to see her own reality and she cuts herself and she does bleed and she realizes she is here you know mm-hmm. yeah oh man kelsey you just took it to the next level <laughs> that's so like mind blown. You're so right about the whole like disassociation and and not feeling like you're real and um and needing something to feel like you know some kind of closure of what's going on or or confirmation of you know where she is and all of this. Uh, piggybacking on what Kelsey said, I know that um, self harm is a way to kind of regain control. And so I feel like a lot of the things in her life are out of her control. And so she's trying to figure out like, well, what can I control? And then also just um, like Rose was saying, where on like how she's similar and how she's different. I think that was really poignant because she's like, okay, so here's a God he bleeds. I'm supposed to bleed. So it's really neat to see her working out like how she is godlike and how she is not. And then when she's not what that means. I think you're onto something with the control thing too, Gloria, in that totally the whole thing with Prometheus was a control. I mean, she did something that made her feel powerful in her own way, like gave her control by, by kind of going against what everyone would expect from her. And so I do think you're right on the nose with the control stuff as well. Yeah. And the dagger, the dagger scene is at the very end of the chapter and leads into that quote that we like about Mm -hmm. being in the murky depths. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that the dagger scene is really the catalyst for her to understand that she isn't a part of this environment, like stuck to a wall. She has free will. She has the ability to leave this situation and her injuring herself is not the best way to do it but you know it helps her to realize that she has blood in her veins and she has free will and she can be the master of her own destiny mm-hmm. yeah. and then I think trying to trying to uh, empathize with Prometheus like trying to feel what he's feeling and just being curious about that I mean being curious about pain because she's never felt it but I think that part of her was trying to experience something with him because she was so alone and she didn't have very many shared experiences it seemed like yeah I don't I don't think anybody I've read so far in two chapters has had any shred of empathy have you guys (laughs) seen anybody have any empathy for anyone in this book yet (laughs) I don't even think there's certainly haven't yeah no I'm gonna go with besides Cersei I haven't seen one shred of empathy from any damn body (laughs) yeah that's a no for me dog (laughs) doesn't know for me dog so words i had to look up this chapter were roiling which was make a liquid turbid or muddy by disturbing the sediment uh so the more you know right is that like rolling plus boil roiling with the homies (laughs) roiling with the homies (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Rolling with my homies. 
I just picture like a not quite clean jacuzzi. <laughs> Roiling with my homies. <laughs> Disturbing the sediment of the jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys had it. Did you guys have a seriously Cersei moment for this chapter? Seriously, uh, maybe when she cut herself, that kind of surprised me. But that yeah. was it was cool. It wasn't like a seriously, like don't do that. It was like seriously, wow. <laughs> seriously, damn girl. I think as far as like a moving the plot line, moving moving the plot along thing, it was it was cool to see an interesting um, plot mover. But we are not advocating self harm in any no. way. Um, it no. is not uh, the best way to make sure that you're a real person. Yeah. <laughs> right. I would maybe uh, talk see, to a friend or counselor. Health, professional help. Right. Yeah, yeah. If you are dissociating or concerned, if you're not real. Um, and not knocking that. I'm sure all three of us have seen a friend or a counselor at one time or not yes. currently in our lives. Just saying. Yes. Yes. We've definitely. all been there, yeah. too, where we're like, am I even real? Spoiler alert, you don't bleed gold, so. Uh, damn it. <laughs> don't test it. It's not don't glittery. Um, I did enjoy how she <laughs> talked about <laughs> the the dagger, too. It sounded like a kind of badass dagger with, like, this lion mm-hmm. on it. And we need to also Is sell that, that at your Etsy store. Or something? Yeah. 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 There we go. <laughs> We're just adding... Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. It's like candles and daggers with an N instead of and. It's like an yes. N with two apostrophes. Candles and daggers. Candles and daggers. Find us on Etsy. It should be a dagger that is either like a body butter bar or some like a lotion bottle that looks like a dagger and it's got gold lotion in it. Yes. Uh, yes. Now like, you're thinking. When, or so, like a, ba- a bath you, bomb. Marketing, do you have your own business? <laughs> Copyright trademark, Gloria Davis. <laughs> patent pending um or like a bath bomb that is a dagger and then when you when it opens it's got gold inside on the like Ooh. in the tub yes yeah like one of those ones that proposes to you that like you put the bath bomb in and then a ring pops up when it's dissolved yeah. and you're like, yes. oh man this is sudden <laughs> what if we had a da- uh, a bath bomb that instead of a ring that pops out a dagger pops out and stabs <laughs> your enemy <laughs> It's like we a, could do it like oh the, my gosh a frenemy gift yeah <laughs> yeah here you go Chelsea when you give them like a can of peanuts right and you're like it's really peanuts just open it and it's like a spring snake you know it's like <laughs> oh, that yeah it's yeah. really a bathroom just put it in your bathtub just and get it, like, in there the and you're like uh, haha dumbass could work it could work <laughs> please um, don't sue us no. We are not um, advocating the use of force against your enemies in any way. Don't choose do violence. We do not condone bath bombs that stab your enemies. We do not have legal representation. We cannot afford it. Please do not sue us. I think we just need to scrap this podcast and we just need to brainstorm all night <laughs> on our Etsy shop and what we are going to sell and we're going to be rich. Mm-hmm. As long as Gloria will sing, will sing the theme song every time. Oh, uh, we we didn't talk about gods not having to eat. <laughs> um, it reminded me of the Hunger Games, how they would like eat and then like take those things that would make them regurgitate, and so they could eat more. Oh yeah, like they were just eating for pure pleasure and to show yeah. like that they were wealthy and that they could and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And then and then in this scene in that scene, uh, I don't remember how they find that out about that in the book, but I remember in the film, it's at the dance at the at the President Snow's mansion, and Peta and Katniss find this out when like they're dancing or whatever, and and they tell this to Peta and Katniss who are like from a district that's you know starving and right. they're like huh, we just throw up to eat more and mm-hmm. it's like such a dichotomy of like right. the two societies you know and yeah that's interesting it's interesting how food can be interpreted or translated as like a form of wealth mm-hmm. yeah or sustain or you know to sustain themselves right when it moves from like a basic human need to a luxury right right yeah well i think too again that just goes on to like add to the the reasons why gods have no empathy, right? They don't even have to eat to survive. When they give birth, it's just like whoop, right back, you know? <laughs> even Cersei, when she cuts her hand open, like, it it hurts, and then there's not like it's not painful, but it heals very quickly because there is no sense of mortality for them. There is no sense of, like, they look perfect all the time. There's just, you know... Yeah. And she doesn't have to worry about MRSA or, like, taking some penicillin or like putting some uh bactine or stitches yeah neosporin yeah. on it or a band-aid put She's some like, windex infection? on it what's that yeah windex. i knew it i was like when am i gonna bring in my quote when am i gonna bring in my quote <laughs> made it the word dagger is from the greek word no dagos <laughs> which comes from ah <laughs> oh, i love it um should, shall we, speaking of Greek, shall we talk about our Greek of the Week? Greek of the Week! Greek of the Week! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so, speaking of what the gods eat and whether or not they need to eat and all that sort of stuff, um, they mention, I think this is the first time that the god's nectar comes up because she offers to bring him a cup of it. Um, that's this chapter, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Um, so I feel like I'm in class. I have like the book open <laughs> next day, right. like following along. Gloria, <laughs> um, popcorn. Have you prepared your report on gonna, the God's nectar. I was gonna say, <laughs> don't you dare popcorn Gloria. me! Don't you dare popcorn me! <laughs> popcorn Gloria! Oh my gosh! Um, and you're like, fuck. Where were we in the book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they talk about the God's nectar. Uh, I think it's the first time because she offers Prometheus a cup of it, uh, or she offers to go get some or like sneak him some from the banquet. And so um, I did a little research into it, and apparently nectar is what the gods drank, and ambrosia is what the gods ate. And so they're kind of used interchangeably, and there is actually a nymph who is like a nurse of Dionysus, and her name is ambrosia. So um, there's a whole bunch of lore about that, but... Yeah, so Oh, interesting. Um it it's often depicted as conferring longevity. Yeah, right. So they're cannibals. <laughs> it's often depicted as conferring longevity or immortality upon whoever consumed it. And this is um source Wikipedia. Um source general consensus. So it was brought by doves <laughs> or served by Hebe or Ganymede at the heavenly feast. Yeah, the nectar um, the, it made me think of the, I think it's Kearns, that brand of canned juice. 
Uh, my mom used to get it all the time, and it was my mom did too. It was she. She would always get the guava nectar, and I can't remember if they were all uh, nectar, but I think it was yes, like guava, pineapple, yes. and something else. But my mom loved the guava nectar, um, and so it's just. I feel like it's just like a thick, pure juice, like almost like orange juice with pulp, but it's not like thick like pulp. It's just thick in. Of its own accord. She thick. Yeah. And so it's just yeah, really it's rich. Like, syrupy. Yeah, slimy almost. Syrupy. That's the word I'm yeah, looking for. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a syrup. And so that's what I, I just picture that they drink uh, guava nectar. They're just not specific about it because they're rude. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't want you to know what's going on up in Olympus. So the uh, ambrosia though, I have a family story about ambrosia. So my grandmother... So my dad had 11 siblings, so he was one of 12, and we would have these big gatherings where like half of the siblings and their families would be able to make it to my grandparents' house. And so um, there was always ambrosia for breakfast uh, for anybody who stayed the night, uh, whether it was like Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, those were like the three big ones. And so, but Easter was the big ambrosia time because you could get fresh fruit and stuff. Um, and I don't really know why it mattered because they used a lot of canned fruit, but because <laughs> it just tastes better um, in the ambrosia because it's in the syrup, you know? And so there... It's always better when the canned fruit is in season. So. Right. <laughs> I was like, uh, yes. why Easter? <laughs> but... Um... <laughs> it's a really bad time for canned peaches, guys. Yeah. And it was San Diego. Don't open those for another three months. Yeah. Can't open those until summer. And it was San Diego, so everything's in season all the time anyway, so... I don't know, (laughs) but it was always like Easter breakfast for sure. Like the main, the main attraction for Easter breakfast or Easter brunch, excuse me. And so it was, the general recipe is widely varied. I found so many different recipes online. Um, but the one that my family had, they can't agree on it. And so my, everybody swears and my grandmother, um, has passed away And so we can't really go to ask her. But the funny thing is, like, even when, because there were times when everybody would come to her and try to get it straight. And we felt like she told us differently each time. And now she's (laughs) she's been gone for, I think, like 11 years now. Um, But it's just getting worse and worse (laughs) as the time goes on because they're like, no, there's definitely bananas in it. And my one aunt's like, oh, there's no bananas. I hate bananas. I would remember if there was bananas in it. There's no cherries. And the other person's like, oh, my gosh, no, there's totally cherries. I remember buying that little jar because it was so expensive and blah, blah, blah. Like everybody has a reason that they know for sure that something was or wasn't in it. But here, so here's my take on it, <laughs> and I don't, I don't even know if my dad, who was her, do- this her is son, the Gloria version. Yeah, I don't even know if my dad, who was her son, agrees with me. But whatever, this is my version. So it was definitely bananas. Um, it was all, all the fruit was tossed in coconut, and it was sweetened coconut. Mm. Um, and so like flaked or yes. like milk, well, like or? shredded coconut. What? Oh, yeah. Shredded coconut. Sorry. Um, So it was the main fruit was like bananas, maraschino cherries, mandarin oranges. And um, I think I see I can't remember if there are grapes in it, but uh, and pineapple. That was the other thing. So pineapple, orange, banana and maraschino cherries. Everything was tossed in the shredded coconut and then. 
the it kind of mixed with the syrups from all of the canned fruit because they would pour most of it off but leave a little bit um, in there. So it would sort of make the sauce. And then there were grapes. Some people would put grapes in there. And I, I remember it was pretty gross because they're, they were like soggy kind of and like shriveled. <laughs> so like a um, wet raisin. <laughs> but yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so Ugh. someone no like grapes thanks. are supposed to be wet on the, on the inside, not the outside. <laughs> But so I found also on Wikipedia, because there were so many different recipes, I didn't want to just pull one. Um, I wanted the general consensus of what may or may not be in the salad, you know? Um, so it says pineapple, mandarin orange, or fresh orange, mini marshmallows. Oh, ours had marshmallows in it too. What? Um, and, and coconut. What? So other ingredients. You lost yeah. me at marshmallow. Really? Um, my well, my my mom's family used to make an ambrosia salad too, and they my mom did it with like whipped cream and mini marshmallows. And then now Get it's so funny, like as my mom's become like more health conscious, like the mini marshmallows left, and I was like, thank you. And then <laughs> now the whipped cream left, and I was like, well, that was pretty good. So like put that back in. Now it's just a bowl yeah. of fruit. <laughs> now just it's just a fruit salad. Exactly, it's just a fruit salad. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And it's it's so weird because I don't remember there being whipped cream in it, but sometimes people it like the article says sometimes there are maraschino cherries, bananas, strawberries, peeled grapes, or crushed pecans. Like my family didn't Ooh. even bother to peel the grapes; they were just like, "Here's some grapes because they're extra," or like, "Let's get rid of them." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they put them in there. They're like wipe but it off. Like um, <laughs> it's not bad yet, and. Right. And it says ambrosia can also (laughs) – or just rinse it. Um, Ambrosia can also include mayonnaise or dairy ingredients, whipped cream or whipped topping, uh, which means it's made from oil, Um, sour cream, cream cheese, pudding, yogurt, or cottage cheese. Wow, there's uh, some some, uh, lanes I do not want to go down. Yeah, that that was uh, – Oh, right. Mayonnaise. Uh, huh? An alternative. I know. Uh, an alternative name for it is five cup salad. Uh, some. Uh, one thing, a suggestion that comes up is jello oh. salad. I remember those. Oh, where, like, my God. In the 50s yeah. cookbooks where everything was like Hot on dogs a and avocado jello. green plate. Oh. Yeah, everything in jello. It was like tuna jello surprise. Oh. And. <laughs> It was all lime jello. That was that surprise at the end. And you're like, I don't want to know what yeah. the surprise yeah. is. The surprises that you throw it. up at the end of the meal. <laughs> That's the, it's... It was like the worst version of chopped <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is that? Is there a planet? So, yeah. That's... Is there a planet unicorn where they're eating ambrosia? Like, mine has too many cherries. Yes. Mine, mine doesn't, doesn't have, have enough cherries. cherries. They have ambrosia fields that they graze yeah. in. I love it. A gay boy wished for a planet full of unicorns. Planet unicorn. Unicorn planet. Give it up for feathers. Ooh, Cadillac. And, and Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh. And <laughs> unicorn, hey. <laughs> that is something that lives in my head rent free. Rent free, yeah. Forever. It's Cannon. like the. Um, rent free forever. Yeah, it's like the theme song to Fresh Prince. Like, you just know it. It's oh permanently gosh. embedded in your brain forever. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, I will say that it sounds like there's a lot of different ambrosias and ambrosia salads. So uh, tell us, listeners, what was your family's like ambrosia salad uh, as you give us a five-star review? Um, you know, <laughs> what, what did you guys put <laughs> in your ambrosia salad? We want to know. Comment below. No. <laughs> Comment, like, subscribe. Comment, like, subscribe. Below. Find us on social media and let us know. Subscribe below. Now I'm hungry. That sounds good, actually. Minus the marshmallows. I know. I was going to say. I know. Changing out the whipped cream for Cool Whip, and I'm on board. Sorry. I was going to say, so you like the whipped topping. Whipped topping, yes. Fake as hell. Cool Whip. Cool Whip. Cool Um, (laughs) I think the next time we all get together, we need to have like a Greek feast and eat some of the stuff that's our Greek of the week. And Ambrosia, we might have to record yeah. it and talk about it for like a mm-hmm. bonus episode or mm-hmm. something. That'd I'm still wanting to know when Feta's time to shine is because I will be there Soon. with bells on. I don't think that mm-hmm. Feta's in the book. So maybe we're just going to have to find a way to what? like conspiracy don't theory. Don't worry, going to be done reading know, it. Right? You're like, I, I mean, go. Feta's I in go. every chapter. <laughs> every Wait, Kelsey, <laughs> next it. chapter. I'm out. Feta, for sure. <laughs> I will say. That um, there's a normally there's a Greek festival where I live, and uh, because of COVID, it's not happening this year. It didn't happen last year, and they just sent out the Greek Orthodox Church is doing like a fundraiser, and they are selling like plates of Greek food and big old blocks of feta cheese. And I bought a big plate and feta cheese yeah. to like pick up next weekend. So yeah, I thought of you guys. Oh, that's awesome. We need to let feta cool down a little bit because everybody went nuts with that pasta and right. the stores are sold out. Oh, of it. yeah. That, um, that's <laughs> like the toilet paper pasta, debacle. Right? The TikTok. Yeah. The TikTok. The Tick and the Talk. I did make uh, the TikTok. I did make the pasta. <laughs> the TikTok. The you see? You're going to be a movie I star. I just got a see? new idea. I'm going to put you on the TikTok. Like, see? <laughs> Old fashioned black and white TikToks. Yeah. Called TikTokies. TikTokies. Guys, this is a genius (laughs) ideation machine right here. It is. It really is. Just cut out all the good stuff, okay? Because we don't want no biters around here. Or we just have to, like, by the time we go to uh, production. (laughs) Is that what it's called? By the time it's released? It goes Um, live. (laughs) Yeah, by the time it goes live. We need to have all these (laughs) products. We need to have all these products on the shelves already so nobody can yeah, buy exactly. off Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, do you want to do an outro? Or yeah. No? Yeah, let's do an outro. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your outro? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I don't remember the name of our store. What was it? Uh, oh, God. Something Sundries. Oh. Another Sorts and gone. Sundries. I don't know. Come to our Etsy shop. Candles it and will daggers. Be legit. I like candles and daggers. <laughs> candles in and candles and daggers. Candles and daggers. See you next time. Thanks for sticking around for number two. <laughs> number two.